All right, sir. Thank you very much. Uh, well, welcome to the DOD Bloggers Live, uh, excuse, DOD Live Bloggers Roundtable. Excuse me. Uh, with us on the line is uh, Brigadier Mark Lacey, the uh, Multinational Security Command, Iraq Deputy Commanding General. Uh, General Lacey, if you've got uh, an opening statement for us, why don't we go ahead and get started? Jack, that, that's very kind of you. Uh, first of all, hello to everyone who's, who's there, and thank you very much uh, indeed for giving me the opportunity to speak with you today and for me to perhaps explain a little bit more of what we do here in the Multinational Security Transition Command in Iraq. Uh, as the Deputy Commanding General, and I've been here now five months, I have had the opportunity to see firsthand uh, some of the significant accomplishments the Iraqis have made in becoming a sovereign nation. And I think the government of Iraq is making some huge strides in developing a professional security force which is going to be capable of defending its people and its borders. Uh, the mission of Minsticky is to assist the government of Iraq to provide for Iraq's internal security and external defence through the development of competent security ministries, i.e. we're building the Ministry of Defense and the Ministry of the Interior, and professional self-sufficient security forces that adhere to the rule of law. So what we do is we work as, ad as advisors and trainers to the Ministry of Defense and the Ministry of the Interior and help to develop ministerial capacity and develop security forces into a well-trained professional force. So you could say that we man train and equip um, the security forces, although as far as the manning is concerned, I think we've probably completed uh, much of that work uh, um, uh, last year and, and the year before. Um, the government of Iraq is, however, facing a number of significant challenges in 2009. Uh, and for example, with the drop in the price of oil, um, this has caused a budget shortfall which they're having to deal with. And in many respects, they are actually facing the same challenges which both you know, the government of the United Kingdom and the government of the United States are having to deal with as we go through this world's recession, uh, which has sort of managed to creep up on us. But they've also suffered for years under Saddam Hussein, and therefore building a nation takes time. And I think we, sh we shouldn't try to measure their progress by Western standards. Now... The United States and Iraq are moving into a new stage in a bilateral uh, relationship, and the coalition continues to partner with Iraq in new and mature ways. And even as we transition uh, there and, and pass on the full responsibility for the security uh, uh, to the government of Iraq and the security forces, there's still a lot of work that has to happen. And therefore, uh, it's not something where we can say the job is done. Um, there have been some huge steps forward, but there's still a, a number of areas that we're going to have to develop uh, over uh, certainly a, a bit of time to be able to actually understand and allow the government of Iraq to, to actually go forward as an independent uh, nation. So that's my introduction, and I'm more than happy now to um, answer questions. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Well, Chuck, you were online first. I'd like to remind you guys to uh, please uh, state your name and your publication and then uh, uh, and then your question. We'll get started here. So, Chuck, why don't you get us started? Uh, okay. General, thank you for uh, talking with us. Chuck Simmons from America's North Shore Journal. Um, sir, um, I, I, I asked this in a previous uh, bloggers' roundtable today. Uh, 
I'm going to ask you, um, how are the ministries that you work with doing with respect to filling in the nuts and bolts of uh, personnel, the, the clerks, the, the uh, mid-level managers, the, uh, the, the people that, that kind of make the wheels turn behind the scenes? How are, how are the, the ministries doing uh, in that regard? Uh, Chuck, that's, that is a really good question, and it is something which um, we are helping um, both the Ministry of Defence and the Ministry of Interior, and those are the only two ministries I can comment about, uh, to deal with. Both the ministries have, um, over time, uh, clearly taken on uh, additional roles and responsibilities, and they have identified that they need to start growing their staff. Now, those growing staff is both, um, in the case of the Ministry of Defence, military staff, and in the UK we call them civil servants. So they are civilians who uh, are working within the ministry. And they, they have gone to great lengths to, first of all, uh, develop, uh, in the case of civil servants, a civil service type core, and at the same time um, start to develop how they are going to grow these individuals so that they are perhaps getting in people who are graduates, and then over time they are able to give them the skill set to fill a number of functions. And when I look at certainly the Ministry of Defence, um, a large proportion of the key posts are actually manned by civil servants, as opposed to uh, people in uniform, and, you know, i.e. people who are military. And therefore I think that um, certainly both the ministries have recognised this, and they are starting to grow uh, those individuals and the skill sets that they need. In the case of Min Sticky, um, we have been assisting them, and we have a number of experienced civil servants from both the DOD and the UK Ministry of Defence within the Min Sticky organisation. Um, we've been assisting them uh, and mentoring them as they, as they start to develop the skill sets and the competencies that they need to become more effective. And I think we've seen a gradual improvement, certainly last year, and that will continue into this year. Now, added to that is that they have uh, identified a number of internal courses. Um, they run seminars. They, work, they run workshops where they're able to bring people together, uh, either internally by themselves or sometimes by bringing in uh, external agencies such as ourselves uh, to actually start developing those skills in a little, more, little bit more detail. They also look for opportunities whereby they can perhaps send uh, uh, civil servants and more junior members within the ministries uh, outside Iraq to perhaps gain experience on a course or courses which may be run in the United Kingdom, the United States, Australia, or any other uh, country which they might deem that that would be a worthwhile uh, uh, opportunity to actually take this forward. Have I answered your question, Chuck? Yes, thank you. All right, DJ. Morning, General. This is DJ Elliott with the Long War Journal. Uh, I'm wondering if the Iraqis are the Iraqis looking at forming their core structure for their army uh, this year, or is this something that's going to be waiting on into the future here? Uh, DJ, that, that is again um, a, a very, very good question. It's something which I've been dealing with um, at the back end of last year and, and coming into this year. Um, 
give you a little bit of background, uh, we had to build the Iraqi army extremely quickly um, to get boots onto the ground so that they were able to uh, take up and help us in fighting the coin fight uh, against the terrorists. And they've done that uh, extremely well. Uh, but the Iraqis themselves have now identified that um, they have a force structure which is 14 divisions and we have the, uh, the, the IGFC at one level of command and we are missing a level of command to give them perhaps um, better command and control. And the Iraqis themselves now are looking at uh, introducing a core headquarters or a number of core headquarters within their structure. And this is part of a wider piece of work where the, uh, the Iraqis are looking at the current structure that they have and considering options about how they can use it slightly more effectively. Because um, with 14 divisions, um, it doesn't quite fit as neatly as I think that they would like. Uh, and this is something that we are working with them uh, to come up with something which is a little bit more... Um, um, along the lines that we are used to, uh, providing the, the key enablers they need to uh, allow them to achieve the, the operational missions that they are now increasingly taking on. But as far as the timeline is concerned, um, I think that work will continue through 2009. Um, I don't think that they will be in a position to um, create the core headquarters in 2009, and it's something which will probably be developed in 2010 and beyond. Thank you, sir. Okay, and uh, Greg. Uh, yeah, General Greg Grant from Military.com. Just wondered if you could speak a, a bit about uh, what percentage, if you will, of, of the Iraqi army is is being dedicated to, uh, say, your typical security tasks of uh, protecting the borders or. Uh, gearing up for more of a, of a high intensity versus a, a counterinsurgency fight. And do you see the, the counterinsurgency, counterterrorism mission transitioning over to the Iraqi police exclusively anytime soon, or will the Army remain uh, pretty heavily involved in that? Um, I, that that's quite a complicated question uh, to answer, and I'll, do, and I'll do my best to sort of pick up all the bits. And if I leave anything out, don't be afraid to come back to me to, to get a bit more. Um, at the moment, the Iraqi army is uh, fully engaged in the coin fight, uh, and that is something that we trained them to do, and it was something that um, we were um, keen for them to uh, fully engage with. And as part of that, um, the coalition now um, operates with and in support of the Iraqi armed forces. Um, the Iraqis are quite, quite rightly also thinking um, now about their external defence. And this is being done in, um, in sort of three key areas. Um, the Navy, and that's the requirement for us to start uh, to help them build uh, a Navy that is going to be able to uh, protect the oil platforms and also the other tasks that will be associated with um, a, sort of a, a, a maritime environment, and that's protection of their fishing, their fishing uh, uh, ships, and also giving them the opportunity to be able to board uh, and search, if necessary, other shipping that's coming in, into their waters. Um, we are also um, developing uh, an air force, which will, in time, be able to take on an air defence capability, but clearly to train pilots takes a long time, and we've got a roadmap 
uh, that is starting to um, train Iraqi pilots and in time they will be able to then, with the right equipment, take on that role. As far as the land forces are concerned, the Iraqi army understands they do need at a point in time to transition to um, uh, the roles and have the capabilities to guard their borders from external aggressors. Part of that is being achieved already in that the Iraqi army have bought 140 M1 tanks and they've bought other uh, capabilities that, that will allow them in time to be able to start taking on um, the more traditional roles that are associated with external defence. Now linked to that is that there is a, the government of Iraq has clearly stated that they wish to go adopt um, um, what we in the United Kingdom call police primacy, where the police will actually take the leading role as far as internal defence is concerned. And at some point um, in, in the future, not now, um, that is a, 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 uh, a point that they will transition to, and that will be at a point when we have, or the, or the Iraqis have, defeated the terrorist threat internally within their own borders, and the army can start moving out of the urban areas into, into the more uh, sort of the rural environments, and then properly take on the traditional role that the army, we normally have armies for, which is to look at, uh, to be able to uh, counter external threats um, to, you know, to the sovereign country of Iraq. And that is something which the, the government of Iraq is working towards. It is something that within the Ministry of the Interior, um, they know that they will take on, increasingly take on um, the responsibility for internal security. Um, and I think in time we will get to that. We will get to the point where the army will be able to uh, be able to disengage, and that the Ministry of the Interior will take on responsibility for uh, internal security within the country. Great, thank uh, you, Greg. Have I answered all? You have. Sure. Thank, thank you very much. Okay, somebody else joined us. Who's with us? Um, yes, this is Sharon Weinbaker with Wire.com. Okay, Sharon. Um, I actually had an equipment question. You spoke about the M1A1s that Iraq is getting. There were also reports that Iraq was interested possibly in T-72s. Do you have a sense of whether Iraqis are going forward with non-standard equipment purchases or perhaps sticking with American equipment? And I guess the same question on um, on air power. There has been talk from the Iraqi government of purchasing F-16s. Can you give us an update of, of sort of what thinking is there on that? Um, I will do my best. Um, the Iraqi, Iraq is now a sovereign nation, and they are um, at the moment identifying a number of capabilities that they will need to allow them to uh, be able to defend themselves in the future um, and also have the capabilities that we, we tend to take for, for granted. And they are looking at a whole range of options uh, as far as equipment is concerned, uh, and I think they will continue to do that because they don't necessarily want to pin themselves down into, into any one particular area. So um, they already have T-72s within the Iraqi army. Um, they have bought 140 uh, M M1 tanks, um, and inevitably there will be speculation in the press as to what they are doing. Um, I don't know whether the Iraqis are going to buy more T-72 tanks 
or whether they want to buy any particular type of equipment. What I can comment on is those areas where the Iraqis have specifically um, engaged with the, the United States as far as FMF is concerned um, and have decided that they want to buy a specific piece of capability, which they did with the M1 tanks, through an FMS case. Um, and because that's the only thing which, is, which, which I can comment on with certainty. Um, there will always be discussions, and the Iraqis have discussions about things that they might like to do. Um, and quite rightly, they, they don't want to limit themselves or, or sort of commit themselves too early. As they firm up their requirements, they're then able to then say, well, actually, to meet this requirement, this, we believe this is the type of capability or the type of equipment that we want. And uh, they are using us within Minsticky to help them um, with some of those, those debates. But um, until such stage they ever make a firm commitment that they want to do something, it's very hard to second-guess what they might or might not want to do. Does that answer your question, Sharon? Yeah, could I, could I just have one very brief follow-on? Sure, go there, ahead. There, there was a, an FMS sale that went through, um, I think, in December 2007 for one of Iraq's key priorities, which is MI-17 troop transport helicopters. Um, I think it was an order for 22 helicopters. Have any of those been delivered yet, so far as you know? Uh, I can confirm that they do have MI-17s. Um, what I can also confirm is that they have not all been delivered because there are still um, issues that um, the, the helicopters have to be converted and some of that conversion work is still going on. But they already have a fledgling M MI-17 uh, fleet that they are using. And in some cases, I believe that they're already using some of these at night. Thank you. Okay. Is there anyone on the line that I, I missed? Okay, any follow-up questions? Uh, yes, sir. This is DJ Elliott again. I was wondering, on that picture looking external-internal, where does the counterterrorism bureau fall into this, and what are they growing to? Now, that, that is a very, very good question. At the moment, the, the counterterrorism bureau um, sits under the office of the Prime Minister. However, the, uh, the soldiers, the, the people within the actual branches, are paid for by the Ministry of Defence. Uh, as, as Iraq goes to 2009, they are looking at the counterterrorism uh, law, which will then clearly delineate um, where the responsibility for the counterterrorism branch will sit. Because at the moment, um, there are arguments that it could sit within the Ministry of the Interior or the Ministry of Defence. And uh, at the moment, they are just working um, very much glove in hand with the uh, American uh, special forces, and they are um, uh, achieving huge, uh, great results um, in fighting the, uh, the terrorists. And um, at some point in time, the government of Iraq will make the decision exactly how they, where they will sit uh, in the long term. But I think the important thing to sort of recognise at the moment is that they are um, really doing some excellent work in conjunction with the, the coalition, uh, and they should be applauded for what they've managed to achieve up until now. Okay, any, uh, um, any follow-ups, anything else? Anything else? Yeah, Greg Grant here again. Yeah. We saw this morning that um, obviously there's still a, a pretty serious terrorist threat in Iraq, and I was just wondering if you could speak a bit from your perspective of what you see as the, as the threats, if you will, that Iraq faces at the moment. We've heard um, 
al-Qaeda, and we've heard uh, remnants of uh, uh, special Shiite special groups and then uh, kind of a criminal element. Perhaps you could give a, kind of a, a priority list, if you will, of what you see are the, are the, the, are the biggest threats, and, and if you could attach any numbers to those. Greg, unfortunately, that's one of the things I can't do. And I mean, it is a really good question, but it's something which you would have to direct to either the MNFI or indeed the core, um, because that's getting into the operational space, which is uh, the space that they, that they uh, operate in. And therefore, uh, anything that I said would purely be uh, my interpretation on, on, on events that are going on in Iraq, as opposed to dealing with things based on a factual basis. And, and therefore, I'm going to have to say I really can't answer it, but I'm certain that if there, with these uh, blogger roundtables, if there's an opportunity from someone from court to come on, that would be a good question for you to ask them. Okay. All right. We'll see if we can... Uh uh, can engage them on that as well. And, uh, okay, anything else? Any other follow-up questions? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, General, um, can you speak to any aspect of the re of any relationship that, that your agency would have with the uh, the Kurds and the uh, the Kurdish regional government? Are, are, are we doing anything at all with, with the Kurds? Um, within Minsticky itself, um, directly, the answer is, is no. However, um, there is um, an increasing amount of dialogue between um, the various ministries, and in the case of the Ministry of Defence and the Ministry of the Interior, with uh, their Kurdish counterparts, um, and that dialogue um, is actually um, being led very much uh, at, the, at the forefront by General Odierno and the, the uh, United States Embassy, and I don't have any visibility of what is actually happening at those meetings, but there are regular meetings which the Ministry of the Interior and the Ministry of De Defence are having with their counterparts um, in, the, in, in, in Kurdistan. Thank you. All right. Okay, anything else? All right, and uh, let's... Uh, General Lazy, if you've got any closing comments, closing thoughts for us? Uh, yeah, I, I, I welcome this, you know, this opportunity to um, you know, uh, obviously speak to you guys and answer some of your questions. Um, I'll go back to, to, to what I said. I think um, the Iraqis need to really be congratulated. They've, I think they've made some huge strides. I was here in 2003. Um, commanding my regiment, and then I was supporting um, the coalition um, every year uh, subsequently. And over that period of time, we've, we've seen uh, a nation emerge, and I think there have been some significant um, uh, events that have happened, not least were the provincial elections that happened uh, at the end of January. And I really do think that that demonstrates that all of the hard work and all of the sacrifice that has been made by the coalition and the Iraqis have actually uh, not been in vain. And there is some real uh, hope and, prom and promise uh, for this emerging nation. And I sometimes feel quite um, sort of quite a lot of humility when I, when I deal with some of my Iraqi colleagues because they are very brave men and women. And there is a genuine desire that they, they really want to go forward 
and actually make Iraq a successful country. And I think it's a great uh, privilege for me to have been part of that and to actually have contributed to it in a little way by being part of Minsticky. Thank you very much, sir, and uh, we appreciate you being with us here for the DOD Line Bloggers Roundtable this uh, this morning. Uh, with us uh, was uh, Brigadier Mark Lacey uh, for the uh, Deputy Commanding General for the Multinational Security Transition Command, Iraq. Thank you, sir, for being with us, and we appreciate it, and hopefully we can speak again. Thank you very much indeed. Thank you.